The views and opinions expressed as part of this podcast in no way represent those held by American Football Ireland. As always, guys, this show is just a bit of crack, so please, no giving out. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Domestic Game Podcast. My name is Joe Kinahan. I'm Kelly Dwyer. And our special guest today is Finn Current. How are we? Hello, how's things? Ah, we've been good. We, we've finally gotten some football back in the Emerald Isle since we last uh, spoke, I think. Um, obviously, we'll, I suppose we'll get straight into it. Uh, Finn, obviously, uh, South Dublin Panthers QB. Uh, how have you felt the the uh, chemistry with the lads has built? Um, well, it's, um, you know, I'm doing bits here and there for the, the Panthers, but uh, overall, I think... It's a good little squad, so we're uh, kind of working out the early, like pre, like early season kinks, um, like any team would be. But yeah, we're good, in good, good shape, anyway, in my opinion. Good, good. And for anybody that doesn't know you, Finn, um, like give us a little bit of your of your background as well. Although if you don't, if you don't know you, I feel like an AFI, you're not paying attention. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I've probably said it a million times now. Um, I'm Finn. I'm from. Or I played a bit in high school and college in America. And um, when I was in high school, coming back every summer, say I got in touch with the Euro Vikings, which is kind of how I started in Ireland, and then. From there, just kind of did bits here and there, a few teams in, in Europe. Um, now two teams in Ireland, uh, the Panthers and UL. And then obviously I was lucky enough to play for the Wolfhounds a bit uh, as well. So it's kind of my brief history. How, how do you compare playing in the likes of Europe? You obviously played in Germany. Was it Germany last year, wasn't it? Germany last year, yeah. 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 How do you find the kind of level of or the kind of standard of preparation for games um, comparing between Germany and here. Obviously, I feel like here the last couple of years, hmm. um, the kind of pre, pre-fixture pre preparation has done has kind of improved a lot more. Teams are willing to share film and, and really kind of, especially during COVID, have really started looking into how to break down teams and um, – kind of self-scouting nearly how, how do you feel like are, you know obviously I'm sure there's still a bit of a gap but do you feel like that's a massive gap now or have you felt yeah this improved I mean I wouldn't ever say it's a massive gap um I think anyone who's played in Germany would agree that the level is actually not once you get there you're like okay this is attainable uh in any country in Europe really like it's 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 a realistic level and that said they are definitely more a few years ahead of us in terms of like you're saying like structure wise and organizational wise like the the league like the mandates on sharing film and stuff definitely helps i think probably the biggest thing in germany and in the bigger say countries in europe is like youth development as well like that's huge but i think you're starting to see like the the roots of that now in ireland like i know for the panthers we have a few guys who are coming up now from few played a few years in the youth team now they're starting for the senior team same with i think cork because we played against them yes. they have a few guys coming straight up and like once you start tapping to that like it's a it's an, a long-term investment that takes you know you start whatever five years or however early you can get the kids and you have to invest in that that time into them but once it starts to reap its rewards i think that's when you see like these jumps of like light years and and big jumps in terms of how good the the level of play can be um that's a that's that's a big one i would say like the youth development but also like you're saying like the organizational stuff in ireland has definitely become better i think more teams are using huddle now definitely more teams are sharing film and like the coaching level has improved because people can see what works for other teams and kind of you know not steal but you know be uh 
inspired, we'll say, from other yeah. teams. But like, that's that's what makes you know like, that makes makes league competitive. Like if you don't have that, you, you get nowhere. So yeah, it's good to see they're on the way. I'm actually like focusing a wee bit on game footage this year as well, and that like I'm trying to yeah get yeah. teams to publish a wee bit more and provide it. And for the most part, they've been more than happy to. In fairness, I think I think it's a it's a great point you're doing. Like I I think any person who's ever played in any high league, like uh, uh, NCAA do it, GFL do it, NFL definitely does it, CFL does it. Like any league that's a high level, even high school in, in America shares film, and the reason is because it forces everyone to get better. Like if you if you're the yes. people who are resisting it, you're just hiding because you don't want people like know your secrets and like it's just poor coaching. Like if you let everyone see everything, it just makes everyone better and like it forces teams to be to take on what other teams might be doing or you know just adapt new strategies and like the coaching level gets higher and stuff. It just makes everything better. I don't think there's any reason not to to do That's it. it. That's exactly it. Like literally, like we just look at what works abroad and then start to try and bring that in a bit more here. And one of the fastest ways to develop like a domestic league is actually just to create a requirement for teams to publish their their film straight after the games and stuff. So obviously, like we're not going to bring that in this year because the the season has started and all yeah. of that. But it's just one of those that it's something to kind of keep in mind. And I feel like the attitude across AFI has changed a lot more as well. Like you said, um, people are more than happy to share game footage now, whereas I can remember like a few years ago that might not have been... I think like uh, the higher, the SBC and all that, you know, there was always like footage available, but maybe like when you get to like Division One, Division Two, not, not always. And still a little bit, not always, but... Uh, getting better all the time and then the other thing that I find that's so interesting that you say is that the levels between um, football abroad and football in Ireland and it's something that a lot of coaches that have coached abroad would say as well is that we tend to undervalue here our own standards to you know versus abroad and mm. I've seen it as well because like I'm I know it's flag it's not American football but you know I'm playing flag with like Americans and all of that and it is an attainable standard like it's crazy yeah. that you you kind of lose the whatever that mental block is of like oh other people do it better than us very quickly when you see that no actually we we are we do fine here as well like do you know what I mean so yeah I wonder like it's not I don't know it's not I'm not trying to be like deliberately controversial but I, I do think sometimes that we that I guess narrative of like oh like they're better over there just because they're better or whatever it's almost like a crutch that we use here as like an excuse to not to be as good like there when you see that okay they're still you know say take Germany for example they're still guys who work jobs nine to five then they do it as a hobby they practice two times a week during the week or something like with work um and then they're able to put out these great like these good teams that they have in like the GFL and stuff. I think when you see that and you're like, oh, it's, we could just do that in Ireland very easily. That's when you start to see like why people say, oh, they're just so good or whatever like that. It's, it's almost like it's not, it's just like a crutch that like it just if we didn't use it as an excuse to not be as good and just all focus on trying to get to be as good as them, we could easily do it in like a couple of seasons. But it's just like because people don't want to like actually have this like notion that they could be that good and like they could be like the teams in Germany. I just think it's like uh, almost put themselves down just a little bit. Like just when you, when you say that. It's a really interesting insight. You know what I mean? It's like, what what could we all do if we just suddenly started believing in ourselves? Do you yeah, know exactly. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think one example is like you see the Wolfhounds, right? So we knew, okay, we're going up to play, uh, say, Spain, for example, this year. Like, okay, we're playing basically the Barcelona Dragons in the, in the ELF. And all of a sudden it was like, it could. It wasn't this notion of like, oh, are we good enough playing ELF? It was like, no, no, you're playing that team of, of that caliber 
on a Saturday. Like, here's the date. Like, good luck. And then you saw it just, it just the mentality switch. It was like, okay, how are we going to beat these guys? Like, it immediately was like, all right, what can we actually do that's realistic in the next two months to, to beat Spain or whatever? And if it was like that mentality, if we were going out and playing some team in Germany on every every Saturday, I guarantee every team in Ireland would have a way different approach of being like, okay, how are we going to beat these lads? Like, they wouldn't just be like, they are not going to stand there and marvel at them. Like, everyone would just be way more competitive and like, they you'd sort out the excuses very quickly. You know what I mean? I think it's just yeah, a mental, mental thing that you just need to kind of shift a, a little bit. Yeah, I think like, you obviously see yourself and say Mario Mara and um, Tommy as well uh, from the Crusaders. Going back a little bit further as well, obviously still playing uh, P. McMahon. Like mm-hmm. Irish guys do succeed in Europe. I think like it's not just a select few. Like I reckon if more, again, like you were saying yourself there, Finn, like if more athletes here push themselves to really say, you know what, we, I'm going to you know, we're going to play at this level and we're going to compete at this level, you know, you would see a more um, kind of speedy development of the game here. And like, again, like you said, we're not that far away. I think, like you said, it's just a crutch that I think a lot of us use to say, oh, well, you know, I'd never get that far. Yeah. Yeah, well, even now that we're on to Mario Mara, Mario Mara has been signed to the Milano Rhinos and he had his debut there last weekend um, and he won that game on a Hail Mary at the very end. So um, big congrats to Matty. Love to see it. And Finn, obviously, yourself and Matty played together over in Germany. Mm -hmm. So um, just think, love seeing seeing our guys doing fantastically abroad as well. Like, and like that's another example of someone who is going out and doing the thing like he came from like the crusaders so that just goes to show the level of talent that are in all the divisions um Mm -hmm. but anyway actually i think this concept um brings us nicely back to afi and um the teams, I suppose, that believe in themselves and, and actually the concept for this uh, episode is kind of uh, upset or according to the script. So games that we've picked that we feel like we're an upset or according to the script. And if I was to mix the two and take like the upset and then teams or people that believe that they can. Joe Kinahan, like your premier division debut against the Cowboys um I think personally, I think that's quite a big upset. And I actually hadn't realized before that, that this is in a sense a revenge game for you because this was the team that denied us, you know, what was it, three years ago now, um, year opportunity to be promoted. So tell us about the game. How did that go? That was one of my my big uh, upsets for this season. The um, the bus trip up we thought it was going to be some sort of okay here's a bad omen now like literally as soon as we crossed the border um uh, and entered the north the bus broke down and we were stuck in the road for about 45 minutes we were like oh we're never getting to this game once we got there <laughs> you're, you're probably honestly like, yeah, yeah we're stuck in the road the we, we the actually worst day we, of my life <laughs> yeah honestly honestly i was like not a chance on this day of all days but um well again once we got up there it was just we kind of got back into the swing of things and um, you know, early on we were a bit slow getting out the gates. I think it was was it seven nil maybe the first quarter, but like I think we'd left. I think we probably left a touchdown on the board, or maybe even two by that stage, uh, or off, we left it off the board. Um, it just something just something clicked. I, I don't know. It was hard to explain. It just everything worked, and you know the Cowboys had a bad bad day. Um, I don't think they're. Um, I don't think they're as bad as, as a 38-0 loss would, would 
kind of lead a lot to believe. I think they will get better. Obviously, Lochran, uh, Peter, that was Peter Lochran's first day at, at head coach, and he's going to find ways to combat this and and be more competitive as the season goes on. Obviously, a recent game there from uh, from Sunday, actually, as we're recording, April 2nd, uh, 7-0 loss to the Trojans. Trojans are a good team, too. Like, fair enough. You know, they haven't scored, which which is a concern, obviously, but the fact that he's keeping lads competitive and, um, you know, after such a bad result to begin with from the season, I feel like they, ha- they, they will get better as the season goes on, and I think they will... Uh, they will pick up results as time goes on. I think. Um, for us, we were just glad to 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 get out and with a massive win in our first ever Premier Division game. That was, I think, only one maybe player had had played top tier football at that stage. Um, so yeah, the the rest of us, we were there like, oh my god, you know, first win. We didn't know what to be doing, and and the the bus ride home was a bit mad. But to be honest, <laughs> to be honest, but yeah, but... Uh, yeah it was just a, it was a great day for us. Apart from trying to get up there in the first place really that was the only knock in the day I just think it's so funny or so funny that you went for an onside kick when you said <laughs> you were two yeah. touchdowns off and I just imagine the anxiety where you're like all right we're you know we're up now like do you know I mean? don't give them the ball like <laughs> like an onside kick and then and then actually recovered it because of course nobody's expecting an onside kick it was just one of those things where it just bounced perfectly there was no um you know like a little chip over the top and I think we just caught I think honestly it caught the rest of us on the sideline off guard, off guard. I didn't know where we were going <laughs> I wasn't told I, I don't like so to, to me now I don't know if that was a, a called onside kick or it just happened to work out that way but um <clears throat> We were like, okay, we got the ball back, cool, <laughs> we'll take it. But yeah, but, um, yeah, I thought it was a great day and hopefully we'll have a few more like that this season. Fingers crossed. And then, yeah, fingers crossed. Well, uh, Finn, like as QB now of the South Dublin Panthers, you'll be facing the Minotaurs on April 16th. And so, you know, how are you feeling about that matchup? Have you watched the tape and you have your game plan together for that one yet? Or or where are you at? Um, yeah, we, we've been... What looking at the the Minotaurs Cowboys game, obviously trying to do our best to scout the other team. Um, I'd say it'd be a good game, definitely be competitive. Um, I think if anything, the results. I'm sure, Joe, you think the same that the results this this week in the league just kind of showed how even the the playing field is for most teams. Yeah. I think. Um, I don't know if you're going to get into it later, but the the, the game Cork versus UCD, I definitely opened a can of, can of worms at the top of the table, say like top end of the table. And then Belfast and Craig Heaven kind of showed that the uh, the lower slash mid tier of the table is pretty close too. So I think it's, uh, overall the league is quite close in terms of, you know, there's not too many dominating teams. So I think there's possibilities for every other team now. It's more hope. Yeah. Waking up on a Monday than it was before. <laughs> yeah, well, this is it, you know. Yeah. And um, the, I mean, I think we can. We could go right into the 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 UCD Admirals game. I mean, I know this is about March, but it's very hard not to talk about that game because that's the big one. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's the big one, and that's I I don't know. Like, I mean, for me, that was probably my biggest one that was categorized under upset. And was that the same for you or? I mean, I think hindsight's twenty twenty. If you if you look at it like um, 
if you look what you know now, that I guess the Trojans might not have been as strong as you thought. So the initial like UCD blowing the Trojans out isn't maybe as great a UFC, UCD performance as it is. It might just be kind of a misfire for the Trojans. Mm. Then and then if you think about it, they lost to the Rebels in like you know kind of an ugly game for UCD as well. I think you know it might make more sense that Cork can come out and tip them, especially at home. Because like it's a long. I think it it was in court too, and it's like yeah. in it was end of March, so like the pitch they're playing in is probably an absolute bog, and like it just probably suits suits court to have a real game that's not exactly based on like just high scoring, like throwing the ball a thousand times. It's more of like a real gritty coaching battle, and that's kind of when I think court would be like their odds more than this was any other time. Um. So I think probably yeah. in hindsight, it looks like it could have been more of a, a game that UCD should have had, you know, I don't know, big, big lights around as a trap game kind of for them. But, you know, fair play to Cork. They 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 stole one, I would say. It's probably is an upset, but, you know, it's close, I think. What do you what are your thoughts there on that one, Joe? Yeah, I mean, it, I, it's not like the biggest upset as in like, oh, my God, the eight seed in the league beat yeah. the Nationals. Like, like Cork are... We came into the year saying Cork. I mean, we come into every year saying Cork are a dark horse for for every Shamrock Bowl race, and you know they've they've been to the dance and they've won before and they've won recently. Um, they obviously won their first game. They they won by two scores. Like, it, I call it a surprise result. I wouldn't call it an upset in the fact that we were expecting some massive blowout by UCD either. The the thing is with I think that the Admirals did like fantastically is that they they really knew their assignment very, very well. And the thing is, is that I would categorize this as actually quite a big upset. I know, I know that you're, you're kind of saying it probably isn't, but I think it is just given the score lines that the teams ended on at the end of last season, you know, where we were seeing UCD putting up huge numbers against the Admirals and um, the Admirals kind of like take like taking this win, let's say. And it's something that Brendan Kelleher has said before on this podcast where we've asked him, you know, as let's say defensive coordinator, what's his objective? And he says his objective is always just to give the offense the chance to score one more point um than the other team, let's say, like which I mean, that's exactly that's exactly what they did. The thing that um that I like about the Admirals in that sense that they know their assignment, like they have their, let's say that their base defense, their three, four, and then they have their DBs that really know what they're supposed to do when you're going against something like a, like a hurry up offense. Like they have like packages that they'll switch just at like one word, you know what I mean? And it's so quick. And that's what you have to do when you're going against like an offense like UCD in order to kind of keep up with it. Um, I was chatting with one of them and he was saying that, uh, that the, um, the problem I think even last year, but let's say, you know, they they knew what they needed to do, but they just weren't doing it almost than anything more so than anything else. Whereas like this season, I think their execution is even more on point than what we have than we what we know the the admirals to be like. So for example, like they were kind of getting to the likes of Sean McVee, like, you know, um behind the line of scrimmage, trying to get him like still in the pocket and get the first hitter in quick and then just hold him. And I think that's so important when you go against like a running back like him because he is excellent. Like, and he's the type that you're never going to stop him entirely from, from doing anything in a game. But it's like, can you stop him enough? Do you know? And I think that that's really important. And they did that kind of like really, really well um, on the day. So um, 
it's funny because I did watch the, uh, the tape from that and at the start of the game it really did look like that was going to be like a fantastic like blowout type of game because you get like the first drive and the Admiral score and then on the very next like they you know they kind of work up the pitch and um and then on the next play that the the UC or UCD gets the ball back and like I think it was two two plays and they score again like but it was just a bust coverage but the you know I started watching this I was like oh geez we're in for like a blowout here like (laughs) the second half was like more of a defensive like uh, more of a defensive battle definitely like so um just kind of just kind of goes to show I don't know take from that what you will like but um you know Finn you've played against uh against the admirals now at this point and what are what are your thoughts on them I think that's very accurate what you said there. Like they're like uh, Coach Keller has them like very well coached up. Like they all kind of know what they're doing. They're a big team. Like they got some big bodies out there too. So they're not like lacking for um, anything. So they're fairly complete. You know, like they're they're one of those kind of jack of all trades kind of teams. Like there's no particular area you would really say that you can focus on, other than maybe that they have a good defense. But that's so you know. What can you really say to that? Um, but yeah, I think they're, they're a tough team and I guess uh, coaching probably helped them in a massive way in a, in a game against UCD, especially like in, in any sort of upset, you have to kind of game plan to actually win a game like that. You don't just show up on the day and it happens. So, you know, they probably did their preparation and stuck to the plan and it worked for them. So, yeah, you know, yeah. And I think as well, like kind of um, they had a few, I think they had um, their running back was injured and then so another guy, his father passed away, God love him, so condolences there. But they'd absolutely like no run game against UCD. So um, I think kind of um, getting a win over the national championships without a run game is is actually like pretty it's that's that's all right like do you know what I mean it's like when you can add in like an extra piece like you you might tend to do a wee bit better so um for me it's like yeah I'm kind of I'm I'm buying in I'm buying in very hard now like do you know what I mean (laughs) if the admirals I have to say what about you Joe you know you're gonna have to face them at some point what do you like how are you feeling about about Cork admirals yeah, well, I mean, they've always been a talented team and a very well-coached team. I think uh, for specifically from our point of view at the Minotaurs, like, we're kind of just dealing with things as each game goes by. Like, we don't want to be trying to project and saying, like, we don't play the Admirals until it's a June, I think. So we don't want to be trying to think now that, oh, yeah, well, we could beat them now because we're not playing them for another two months or something. So um, from what we've seen so far, obviously, in the two games they've played, they've been... They've been pretty good. I mean, obviously, two wins in two games is, you know, you're obviously doing something right, especially when you're beating reigning and national champions. Uh, I think, yeah, I just it, it, it's a really, really good offense that they run. Um, obviously, Stephen Hayes has kind of kept up his form from uh, the midway through the 2022 season. Uh, it kind of started slow, obviously, uh, last year, but they they've just come out flying this year. Uh, is it seven or eight, six or seven passing touchdowns? I think he has this year, doesn't he? Yep, six somewhere around there. So like to be off the to be out of the gates and co- coming in at this kind of form, you know they're they're a, they're a team to watch definitely um, as potential favourites coming into coming into the playoff race. I think it's a good point you say though about the the teams like being different though because you know you're saying UCD it was an upset or whatever. 
But UCD now could be very different to UCD in like two or three months when it comes to like yeah. playoff time. It's like yeah. that's it. Like it's just like it's it, it is really week to week in in this league that like teams like guys are missing, guys are here and there. Sometimes you're saying like teams don't travel well, but like it can be very week to week dependent. Um, so sometimes results aren't always the most accurate uh, scale on how good a team is at that time. Yeah, absolutely. And even UCD, we saw it last year that the, where they started versus like how they just elevated it really yeah. like towards the end of the season and the postseason was just the it was massive. Like it was massive. So uh, that's a very good point, Finn, um, like which just shows how much how much you do know about football in fairness. <laughs> it's like, who would have thought, eh? Professional, professional guy here knows about football. <laughs> You might be the first person to ever say that, so I'm going to actually clip that and uh, have it as like some sort of business card I show to people. What about you, Joe? Like, what what would be either a according to the script or a, an upset? The biggest according to the script, I think, you know, fair enough, the Rebels have been doing great this year. I think, you know, everyone knew that was going to be the case, but I think a team that has had a better start, in my opinion, uh, is the Vikings mm. Division 1 they've won every game they've won every game pretty well uh, apart from the Rhinos game which is obviously uh, the team that came down from Premier Division last year so you'd expect that, that would be the biggest test for them uh, they beat what was it, they beat the Vipers by last week 37-6 or 37-8 maybe was it mm-hmm. like they're, they're playing exactly how you'd expect them to play uh, Finn O'Donovan's actually done a great job at QB um, yeah. and their run game has always been pretty good their defence obviously like Will Cam- is it Will Campbell and um, oh they're going to kill me now because I was only talking to them there uh, before the season uh, the other defensive end for them oh no lads I'm sorry <laughs> I can't think of their names right now we're going to clip it in uh, in the middle of the episode uh, when I finally figure it out but you know, those guys have been flying after quarterbacks and, and really creating pressure like you'd expect them to. And I think at this stage, again, I know it, I'm kind of contradicting what I said earlier about games are kind of week to week and you, you can't project forward, but there's not any other team in Division One that's sticking out to me as um, potential Division One champions other than the Vikings. Maybe the Mavericks, but... It's hard to tell at the moment with the Mavericks with who they've been playing against. They've not played anybody who was in Division 1 last year yet. Mm. And I think, say, the Vipers and the Crusaders games for them will be big. Um, But the Vikings, I think, have been just phenomenal this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that the, the kind of the start of the Vikings offensive playbook was back in... I can't remember if it was 2017 or 2019. I can't remember which one it was, but it was when Ray was the was the quarterback. That was kind of their start. They had this uh, triple option um, offense that they would run, and it was fantastic. Like, I think it was. was it 2018? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they end up losing to the to the Knights up in Carrick Fergus. I think this is back when the Knights were Carrick Fergus Knights, and I mean, like that day was it was the 
they lost in the second half was Mudball and Suntan just ran at them all day, like and that that was that heartbreaking because I mean that that was that was my team back in the day, like do you know what I mean? Still is, like do you know what I mean? And, uh, do you know? But that was kind of the start. It was this triple option. It came from uh, Ono Sullivan, um, who mm-hmm. was another one that had actually uh, international playing experience. He played or coaching experience, so he'd coached in in uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was Brazil and it was also Poland. And I think he would have taken some of those concepts and kind of brought it back to the to the Ural Vikings. And now the Ural Vikings have kind of built that like triple that triple um, option. Triple read option. I don't know what the word, what what sequence to those words. You know what I'm trying to say. Like, do you know what I mean? And with like Finn O'Donovan there at QB as well, it just kind of, it really, I think it's just given them a piece that they really needed to kind of um, bring that to like another level. Like, do you know what I mean? So I think we're starting to see it. I think a key win for them was exactly what you said, Joe. It was that, uh, that win against the Rhinos. Like that one was an important one. And I do think that the Rhinos are also onto a fantastic um, path in this. Like that's not a bad loss by any means. You kind of, if you lose within one score, it's nearly like you got outmanned. You didn't necessarily get outschemed. And that's always kind of an interesting thing, even in terms of like um, UCD and Admirals. Like that's just a very close, very close loss is always an interesting one to see how they, how they kind of carry on from there. So that would be my thoughts on, on that, according to the script. Finn, any thoughts on it? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think probably I would agree. According to the script, is probably how I would say as well. I think they, they were in the, the final of the IFL uh, one last year, so I suppose yeah. they're looking to kind of come back and do a job. Um, you're saying week to week. I think UL and most university teams do know the struggle is in the late late season when all your students suddenly don't live close by anymore and yeah. uh but i'm sure they i think they have the same um they, they've got a lot of good coaching heads there so hopefully they'll be able to kind of adjust to that problem when it when it shows up or hopefully mitigate some of the loss and that's probably the main focus for the ul right now is just sticking as a group together and uh finishing the season the way he started it because it started pretty well so we'll see how that goes absolutely um so uh finn do you have uh an according to the script or an upset from the season that um i have absolutely nothing um because i wasn't prepared um but i could <laughs> i could quickly grab something that i could talk about uh, yeah yeah or, do, yeah or even talk anything at all you know even from one of your own games or something like that well that i wanna... suppose um i thought uh week one um, was pretty interesting with UCD and the Rebels. Um, and I would probably, I mean, I know I just said all the stuff about UCD maybe not being as good as I expected based on the result first Cork. But uh, first game, I really thought they were going to go out and take it uh, to the Rebels a lot more. So I'd say that was kind of against the script to see uh, the Rebels be so, so good in that first game. Um, yeah. I know they had some struggles, but like it was a bit, you know, kind of for the Rebels, especially like first game, kind of jitters and little mistakes like there's a fumble and yeah just kind of weird stuff that you might not really depend on and then once they kind of got going they, they looked pretty good um so i suppose i guess the rebels play in general has been maybe a little uh i i didn't see it coming for them to be as good this year as they have been so far anyway um yeah, i think the, yeah. the team throughout both their games was like you know even against the the Knights, they kind of struggled early, but I think more so the Knights just kept them off the field. And then once they got going, their their offense is kind of a well-oiled machine at this point. That they, they are going to be a tough team to stop. So I suppose that would be one observation I made. 
Yeah, I agree with you. And um, that Knights Rebels game and the Knights taking the Rebels off the field or just keeping them off the field, that's exactly what they did because Mm -hmm. I think it was something I have it written down here. They had like a 26 play drive that, I mean, it lasted like, what was it like? And like an entire quarter or something like that. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) That, um, That, you know, I mean, that's one way. Of one way of stopping an offense like dude, yeah. just no, if you're if you're talking about trying to go win a game, like you don't just happen to upset like the number one team in the league right now from just showing up on the day. Like you have to actually plan it out. And I'm sure I, I'd hope anyway that like Spence had some sort of plan going into that to be like, we're not gonna let Ty get the ball. Their offense is just not gonna be on the field and we're gonna run yeah. as many plays as we possibly can. So like, you know, fair play to execute that. So that's we're, that's we're going, probably for, the, we're going for third and one every play. That's yeah, but I mean, that's <laughs> if you're gonna beat the rebels, that's that's what you draw up, you know, like a play where it's the whoever has the ball at the very end wins, and you know, you've kept them off the field for most of the game, so you get the ball. I think that's good strategy, like props to them. They probably just kind of bellowed out towards the second half, started the second half, and they couldn't keep it up, I suppose, for the whole four quarters, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree with you. Like, what was that? I just had it look. It was thirty six twenty by the end, and considering that, I mean, everybody and their mother was expecting this to be an absolute blowout. Like, that's, yeah. you know what I mean. I actually have that one in kind of like the upset as well. Like, because um, that's not a bad result for the Knights. You know, my mm-hmm. concern is is that they are a wee bit, I suppose, reliant on Spence and Spence always having a good day. I do think that Spence is. A vet, like he, you know, he knows what he's at. Um, he, you know, he has great ball security. I mean, if you're going to do like a twenty, a twenty play drive, like, do you know what I mean? There, there's ball security there somewhere. Like, do you know what I mean? And they do have. Oh God, I can't remember his name, but that wide receiver that kind of everyone is talking about after that game. But the 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 problem, the problem with having kind of what I feel like are very few standout. Um, performers is that that kind of becomes very easy for a defensive scheme to take away so it's like a wide receiver you might just play like one over the top or something just to mm-hmm. just to try and keep the ball out of his hands like do you know what I mean so um that and I think that let's say like uh Spence kind of running up the gut it's gonna struggle a small bit like against maybe the likes of like let's say the admirals who have like some fantastic uh, D lineman there in Connor mm-hmm. McCarthy and also in Aaron Hogan. Like I think that it's going to be, that's going to be a difficult area to kind of try and to try and target for an offense. Like so, you know we'll we'll see. Like overall, I'm saying like the Knights that was it was a very good performance, very exciting. Like I mean I'm my live updates are in Singapore and I'm talking like one in the morning or whatever, and I'm just seeing updates coming in on the screen. <laughs> what is happening like do you know what I mean so I got very excited by the by the time the the kickoff for the second half um that by that by the time that was happening in uh in Carrick Fergus butcher look at um yeah overall I would say I I don't think that's a deflating loss for the Knights whatsoever I think that they they I would count that as an upset for sure I think that game with the Trojans after the Easter break is going to be critical for them, especially with how kind of with how slow the Trojans have been getting out mm. this season. I think the Knights are really seeing this game now as a really, really winnable game. Obviously, it depends on like I know the Trojans. Um, uh, Dom Lynn is out injured, QB one. Yeah. Uh, so assuming he comes back injured, I can only assume that. Uh, 
they'll roll with him. But I think it's just a case of when he comes back. Like if he's not healthy for that game, the Knights can be looking. The Knights, the Knights could go and start their season with a win. Or well, not start the sorry, not to start the season, but could, they could go one and one, like, yeah. and they could keep themselves in a decent spot, at least in the relegation battle where we'd kind of we kind of had them at the start of the year. Like, I think at the moment you're probably looking at the Cowboys with how they've started 0-2. If the Knights can win that Trojans game, you're probably putting the Trojans down there too. I, yeah, it's it's a really, really, really interesting year now, especially if the Knights go out and win that game because I think uh, a, lot of, a lot of ears would perk up and be like, okay, right, we really need to watch this team because they've competed with the Rebels team. They were shut out on the one-yard line, I think, late in that I think it was 2028 at the time or 2026 and I think they got a drive down to the Rebels one yard line and they just couldn't punch it in so they were that close to nearly tying a game up late Mm. against you know how a a team as good as the Rebels and then if they can go out and beat the Trojans here a really competitive one and one team like now it's like it's game on at that stage like you know yeah, yeah, and uh, it's funny because I feel like we didn't even learn as much about the Trojans as we would have liked to in their first fixture against UCD. Um, just, just I think it was like I, I think was that the game that like both both start both starting QBs weren't available. Let's say, and the for UCD right, this is something that I'm just so. I'm so impressed uh, by the roster depth that they have at QB, right? Because if they don't have Aaron, then they have Tom Donovan. If they don't have Tom Donovan, then, like, Eddie Goggins Sr., like, stepped up and, like, was a QB on that day. And to me, that's amazing because, and I think this is so funny because we actually have announced in AFI, I'm kind of coming away from the analysis and into the admin stuff, but we've announced in AFI that we have like an official Hall of Fame now and Eddie Goggins would have been eligible for like nomination uh, for that. And now he isn't. <laughs> he has to wait like five more years because he played that game you know what I mean? and got a win. Like, and I just think um, it's something it was actually, I think it was uh, Andy Dennehy that, that um, alerted me to that. He said like, Eddie Goggins can't be nominated uh, because of the most amazing reason. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, I think that that's class. And then like for the Trojans then like, uh, they like you know they're starting QB uh, is out injured arguably one of the worst ways to like start a season their second QB wasn't available and then I mean when you're going down to like third third string like you probably don't have that as scripted as as what like as what you would want it to be because that's just you know that's that's who is you know, you're who's going down that far at that point? Like, do you know what I, mean? no, no. Um, I don't know. I worked for the 49ers. Yeah, well, you know, they're fully professional outfit, so <laughs> slightly, we don't, we don't have a slightly different. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, and it worked for a deep or for uh, the Patriots back in the day as well, and then we never heard the end of that guy, but um, the where was it going with that one? So then when we have the Trojans um, with the Cowboys, what was the story there? Like, as in, because that's one that I literally, I've only seen the final score. And to me, that was like, that was a, a bit of an upset. I would have expected that the Trojans would have put up kind of maybe a bigger, a bigger scoreline in, in that game. 
I haven't heard any excuse for why that game was as close as it was. Um, I haven't heard any sort of reasoning or excuse that uh, QB was unavailable at the time or anything. Yeah. So I don't know. I think they both teams just might not be as offensively explosive as we thought they were at the beginning of the year. Maybe. Yeah. Is yeah. is Siri Siri is done for this for the season? Right. He's not playing for the Trojans this year. He wasn't Finland or something, is he? Yeah. Is he? I think so. He's okay. he's not here anyway. That, that's a, that's okay. Because that's that's one thing that like I would say is a huge loss to the Trojans. Massive. That, yeah. That 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 guy who can usually like literally puts the whole team on his back and then runs eighty yards. Um, he he's gone. So I think that's a massive hole. And then having quarterback issues on top of that, like you've basically lost your two main pieces of an offense and now you have to put it together. And obviously might've been a rough off season or something, but now you have to do it during when you have games as well. And I'm sure Joe can attest it's not easy to fix uh, a team kind of in the season, um, let alone in a, with an off with one off season. So I think the Trojans struggles will be kind of trying to get their offense going and just trying to be able to score points consistently probably throughout the whole year. If that's yeah. the start they've had. Yeah, yeah. And it is kind of, it's exactly like going back to what you said, kind of at the start of this, where really this league is a little bit, it's a little bit more open than I think it would have been anticipated at the start. And as you said, like it's week to week as well. But definitely, I think for both your respective teams, there's an awful lot of opportunity in this league at the minute. Like, do you know what I mean? So um, that's... Just exciting. Like, it's an exciting one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I love how you're both definitely in, like, QB mode, where it's just, like, next game, that's all we care about. Like, next game. Like, <laughs> it's like that's uh, it's really, really important, actually. So um, that is class. Do either of you have any other game that you want to talk about, just because I'm getting conscious of, of Finn's time? When are the Eagles going to play? I know. Uh... <laughs> I feel so sorry. I know, I know, Finn, uh, the, um, that you have to kind of, you're kind of looking at the clock a little bit. Um, I mean, I need to get you out soon, but oh man, like between the the Pirates game where the ambulance didn't show up, and uh, this past weekend where the pitch was waterlogged, like Saturday night, from from all the, I saw, oh Jesus, like. Talk about a cursed team, like between last year and now this year. And now they have another week to wait. Uh, like when when is their next game scheduled for? Oh, I... Is it like late? Yeah. Is it early May? Mm, it is. No, it's the 15th of April against Trinity. That's... Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's not it's not too long. Uh, the 15th? It's a Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. Yes. Fifteenth. Yeah. Oh, 15th, yeah. We've started doing that in AFI now because we can't like we we can't keep all all the games we need like to we need to start yeah. doing them on Saturdays and stuff. So um I know that that would have had a wee bit of resistance, but um that's just what happens as a as a league develops and as you need resources and stuff available for Saturday. So yeah, that's that's that crack. But yeah, so that's their game anyway, the 15th of April. So hopefully we will get a little bit of information into them. Very interested to hear how they're going to do since Coach K is back with the yeah. Eagles and uh, Brendan McAleese is with them as well. So um, we'll be interested to see what happens, what is, happens is there. Is that game against Trinity? 
Yeah, it is indeed, yeah. And would you guys say that they're like the favourite for the Division 2 at the moment? I or mean... It's kind of tough to pick out the division. It is. It's tough to to say because you see the thing is is that it's it's kind of like um, it's a similar format to like DV twos in, in previous where you have like the four teams, and a win or loss in either way can really make such a huge impact in that division. So it's hard to say mm. who the favourites would be. I mean, if I was to pick one based on really not that much, I would probably say Trinity. Like, I do feel like they're probably the favourites. I don't... They're doing well. Like, their season's rolling at the minute. Um, plus, like, you know, they are a team that has... It's a new team, for sure. Um, but they are a team that has had, like, prior successes. Like, Coach Drake is still there as well, and he would have been involved when that team was you know, at consecutive Shamrock Bowls. Like, so um, yeah. that's, uh, for me, like I would consider them to be the favourites, but I'm interested to see how that season kind of plays out. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, okay, well sorry. then what about, sorry, go on. So I was going to throw a quick one in. Final thoughts on, uh, um, on the AFI challenge flag being introduced soon. What's the I don't know if any of you have heard about that. No, I've never heard that. I've myself. heard it in myths and rumors, but not fully. Yeah, I've um, uh, I don't know if it's officially happening, but I know there's been talks of maybe using, uh, like live. <laughs> you're footage. you're about to announce it like on a, a podcast, so <laughs> <I know. laughs> like this is like, what do you mean? Like, I is it an official? Like, we are literally making a public announcement right now, so I hope it's official. <laughs> but no sorry please continue <laughs> um sources have told me oh. is, that a, is that a better way of saying it sources have told me uh that video footage and could be used on the day f- to challenge certain plays on the field if coaches feel they need to challenge it so yeah oh. that, 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 that sounds um, great sounds like it'll really speed up the game know, oh yeah. Know, yeah oh yeah you know that's what we <laughs> need there weren't enough flags already let's go four yeah. <laughs> conferences but um, um the yeah. that's already kind of in effect in the sense that uh if you have uh, an ejection in the first half you can get a game if you have a room and you have the video footage you can get that overturned if the refs will look at it and if they'll uh if they'll overturn it that has happened that has happened in afi that uh refs have reviewed their like um ejection calls at halftime and overturned them so if that's what you mean that's that's already in effect but do you mean like as in challenges as in like oh like he wasn't or was down i believe it's one challenge per game or maybe per half, that coaches can use if they, again, like that, if they feel like a player was short, but it was ruled the first down or vice versa, or um, if something was ruled incomplete, but it was a catch or vice versa. I believe, sources have told me, that if there's footage available, that that it can be used to review. Now, I think, so so that's only going to be for the Saturday games, I think, because... Oh. Maybe the league just needs the resources. What? I listen. All right. Okay. Right. Look. look right. Hold on. 
<laughs> that is just the most. You can only use it on Saturdays. No, no, I'm the official. That cannot be real. I think yeah, only on dates when it's an odd trials on Saturday games, and then it might be looked at to maybe introduce at a full time scale. But again, this is just. Uh, ah, don't shoot the messenger. No, you, you killed it. That sounds super official, and I'm taking your word 100% fact for that. Perfect this, this stuff. Perfect stuff. I can't wait for people event. to kill the podcast. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is how we chose to break that news. Like <laughs> Saturday only flags. Uh, Surprise, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> how will technology keep up with that? Like, because, like, honestly, like, I, like, I'm watching, I'm watching game footage, and uh, I'm like trying to look. I'm like this. Like close up to the screen, trying yeah. to actually watch the game footage. You know what I mean? That I, but as in like, if that's happening, then great, deadly, and I'm glad that we got to break the the story. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> so you heard it here first. <laughs> like, <laughs> speaking of breaking stories, Finn, um, you, you know, you being like the QB and not the water boy in the Panthers, and you know, not letting <laughs> us break that story was uh, heartbreaking. Now, to be honest, that was heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, I think, to be honest, uh, it did not work exactly as well. Uh, I'm not the best liar. Um, and I definitely did reshare some stuff on Instagram that made it like blatantly obvious that I was playing for that team. Uh, so I think the Cork boys were very well prepared uh, by the time we played. So I, They were indeed. And I think they actually might have even had like a... Uh, plan for if you were wide receiver or a plan for if you were QB like I don't think it <laughs> I don't think it was a case of like if he's playing it was more a case of where he's going to play like <laughs> so, and then another, a plan for if you were on special teams as well which is just anyone but Finn I think like <laughs> so yeah, it felt like that as soon as I got out there, they definitely seemed like they knew what they were doing. But that's just you know they're they're a well coached team, so I was trying to take any competitive advantage I could. So yeah, is what it is. Yeah. Of course, of course. Um, righty, so I suppose we had better start wrapping it up. We didn't get to all the games, unfortunately. Um, the I was going to ask maybe if there's any themes that either of you have seen that you're, you were starting to see this year in, in AFI that maybe you just want to give like a little bit of a uh, little bit of like notice to. Uh, one that I have is uh, road teams are. 11 wins and 7 losses this season across all divisions. Yeah, interesting so one, isn't it? Start yeah. defending your home field, guys, please. Um, I would say biggest trend, and it kicks on from last year, of having like Ty and Aaron Mooney throwing the ball a lot in the final, is that people are slinging the ball this year. Um, definitely seems like in the past, like the old... I formation run between the tackles for like 50 plays in a game is kind of gone out the window and seems like more teams are running spread and trying to throw it a little bit, which is probably better for football in general in Ireland. So that's a good trend and that I'd like to see continuing upward, I suppose. Yeah, that's the that's the QB wide receiver thing talking there. Like, it could also be that there's actually just not many uh, running backs too, though, which is a shame. But maybe hopefully yeah. that's wrong and it's more of those good run, those good quarterbacks now. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I suppose. I do. I do agree with you. I think it is. I think it's a, a little bit of like the QBs are starting to develop a lot more, like in terms of mm. like 
you know and even the reads are coming out very fast and and stuff like that like do you know what I mean and I think wide receivers are a lot sharper the hands everything the whole the whole game is really getting a lot more developed here which is as you said mm-hmm. like fantastic fantastic to see so um sure maybe we will leave the episode at that so anyone else have anything that they want to add uh, I don't have any more breaking news <laughs> more breaking news oh Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh we do have like, fun I, I was like I don't even feel like we give that like the love that it that you wanted to give it like, <laughs> I, it, like I, yeah see I started off really 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 uh, positive Saturday. and then the more I thought I was like oh it's only Saturdays oh it's more stops oh god oh, sounds great sounds great I'm looking forward I mean, look, to it with how with how uh, our first game went, if we can get to a game and leave, okay, that's fine by me. That's true. That, that's all. That's all. Was well, that field you guys played your game on? Was it only one direction? You only go for like the uh, game against Big Evan. You had no second goalposts, yes. I guess. Yeah, okay. yeah, because it's a gap pitch, so Each. it's only suited to go one way. And that would be what like all their games like for the whole year. They're just going one direction. Yeah. Huh. And that's in, right. in uh, which pitch? Your pitch. People's pitch. Or People's Park in Port of Dam. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember. I played I, back as far as as far as I was reffing. That's the, that was the crack. I just assumed that would be different now. But, um, yeah. It feels uh, very weird. I've not yeah, played up there for four years, nearly. It felt very weird. I <laughs> can imagine. That'd be a bit off-putting as well if you get a pick. And run it back to the one, and then have to walk the whole way down. <laughs> the side yeah. <laughs> Chance to catch your breath, though. In fairness, yeah, I like. guess, uh, fair enough. <laughs> um, righty, great. Well, sure. I suppose we will leave it there because we're being strict with ourselves. We're like we're doing one-hour episodes, and that, and that's that. And because um, we fair like, enough. well, me, like I was, uh, it was me that was like, oh, we can do, we can do a little bit more. We can do a wee bit more um, whenever we get people chatting. But Finn, thank you so so much for making the time um, to join us, and uh, it's been brilliant and great crack. And um, very best of luck now in your next fixture and joe also best of luck to you <laughs> your next fixture <laughs> against each other and um yep. sure look at you're you're both great qbs and i hope that you both get on deadly cheers i'm fine with a 38 38 shootout if you are um well we'll see i think two to zero would be fitting as well so <laughs> <laughs> yeah there we go that's 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 the AFI i know i love yeah <laughs> we'll see how it plays out <laughs> okie dokie joe do you want to do the sign off absolutely guys thank you so much for listening thank you so much for tuning in uh we really do appreciate it uh we have been your host joe kinahan kelly dwyer and our special guest Finn cards everybody thank you so much 